football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Dennett Carter, the 13th. Denny, how's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I, I actually am wondering, though, JJ, what, what do I have to do uh, to get you to kick me off of this mediocre podcast so I can join an elite podcast. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah. I, I think Antonio Brown has people that I can connect you with. <laughs> I need I need a social media team to alienate you and the listeners so hard that um, that I end up on uh, on like a, a, a top level uh, fantasy podcast. But uh, alas, I think I am destined to be on this mediocre podcast. So, so are we are we concluding that Antonio Brown did what he did all on purpose? Oh, I'm 100% certain of it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much there. I sent a tweet out uh, before he was released, okay? And it actually, it was, it was right after that video came out that he made, which was a dope video. That, it, that it video was, was the video was amazing. Like, it got me fired up. I, as someone who, back in the day, this little, this little thing about me, back in the day, I used to love making, like, this is when I was in like high school into college and stuff. Uh-huh. I used to love making like hype videos like, Oh, and, and, and so, and so, cause I have like, for those of you who don't know, I have like some, like a, a self taught, like design background and stuff. So I like doing multimedia stuff, but re- uh-huh. regardless, uh, I can appreciate even to, to like an, another degree, uh-huh. that type of video, like my dream would have been to like make pump up videos for like the Steelers at Heinz field. I bet like that, that that would have been my dream, right? It was so high quality. Oh, it was so good. That video was so well done. And like with with the Gruden audio. And then did you see, uh, on, uh, Lebetard was doing a, an interview with the guy who made the video. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the guy nonchalantly drops that he said, he was like, and when John said, yeah, go ahead and use the audio and Lebetard just like lost his shit. I, I like like that, he just yeah. went absolutely not. It's like, like, can you like, how did John Gruden just like let this happen? I I think that he wanted it to be over so much that he was willing to say or do anything for Antonio Brown to just stop and come and play football for the Raiders. Obviously, I, I mean, it's clear that he forced the Raiders hand intentionally through the through these guerrilla social media tactics. And he really changed the game. I he think. Did. He has created a blueprint for any player who is willing to sacrifice his uh, reputation, um, that p- have people question his sanity, um, in order to get released by a team to be able to go to another team that he wants to play for. And I think we're going to see more of it in the future. Well, here's the beauty of it, is that they do this in the NBA. Not not to this degree. They don't say, like, I'm going to go nuts on social media so that you release me and then and then I'm going to... But, but they NBA players know their worth and they can demand what they demand. Uh, but the difference with football in the NBA is that it's very hard to just create a super team in football mm-hmm. because there are so many more pieces than it is in the NBA. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if, if stuff like this happens more and more. What I wanted to say was when the video came out 
uh what was that like a saturday night or something like that i don't even remember yeah i was i was logged off i i had finally <laughs> logged off and then that happened so. so when the video came out i said i sent a tweet i said uh the best outcome here is that antonio brown is just a marketing genius and, and that, that's it that's the best yeah. outcome and people trashed me even though like they don't understand what the phrase best outcome means it means that like that means Antonio Brown is not insane, right? Mm-hmm. It means that mm-hmm. Antonio Brown is using his brain and, and doing this on purpose. Um, but I think there's some truth to it. Like, I, I, I don't think that AB is totally there in the head. Like, I, I think that, that there's stuff going on. But I don't, number one, I don't really want to speculate. But number two, the kinds of stuff that he's done and, and the way that he's used Instagram, Instagram in particular uh, is fascinating and it's it's really really smart from a marketing standpoint i i actually think it's borderline genius yeah. to be able to leverage your social media presence to uh get a new job for a better job for a better organization and and that's why i think people are going to kind of uh, follow in that path it, it reminds me and i swear i swear this is not going to be political okay all right everybody just here we Just go. Relax. Here we go. But but the way that Antonio Brown used social media in this way, in in this with these guerrilla tactics, reminded me of the disruption. And I hate that word because it's like such a like typical. It's such a tech you know, word. Like Silicon Valley yeah. garbage word. But but really, sometimes it fits. I think it fits here. The way he used it reminded me of the 2016 election and how how the president used, you know, how Trump used social media. Uh, to break the rules. He's, he didn't observe the rules, the unspoken rules of how to run a campaign, and it paid off in, in you know in a big way. So I, th- I think that we're seeing that again, social media being able to break down unspoken rules about how players behave. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm still a little bit, I mean, you're annoyed that he's going to New England, right? Deep, deeply annoyed. I, I, I'm, I'm upset about it to a point where I, I can hardly acknowledge how upset. I yeah, I, I, I just don't even want to like. I don't, I don't want to acknowledge the Patriots' existence. It's just, it's so, be, so frustrating. They're gonna dominate. They're gonna be so good, and and Brady, fantasy wise, like Brady's gonna be, you know, possibly freakish with all these, and that just annoys me so much. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because I faded Antonio Brown in redraft this year. Right, right. No, me too. I mean, I, I was feeling really good about. That. Oh, I was feeling amazing about it. I was, I was, I was texting people and bragging about the fact that I faded AB whenever they dropped him, and then it released him, and then who, who's laughing now? Yeah, I mean, I play against Antonio Brown this week in in one of my m- most important leagues, and he's obviously going to score twenty eight fantasy points against the Dolphins. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so let's look at what happened last week, Denny. I actually have to pull it up, I think. Um, all right. But last week, I would say, uh, for it being the first week of the season, it was not not uh, hateful, as you would say. It was it was going to be a lot better if our boy Nick Foles was you know survived the game. It didn't but didn't you know die after ten snaps. Why does that always seem to happen? And uh, for living the stream, why does Nick Foles do this to us? I don't know, man. But but I feel like he might not do a good job of protecting himself in the pocket or something. He's always hurt. Yeah, he got he got crunched in that play. Uh, so we did have Nick Foles. He scored seven points. Jimmy Garoppolo, was a, that whole game was a massive disappointment. That, that whole game was so frustrating, too. I said, I really stressed the F there, like I was about to swear. Yeah, uh, you did. Uh, but that game was so frustrating as well because <laughs> uh, there were so many touchdowns called back. 
in that game. Oh my god, there were three touchdowns in the first quarter. It was it was insane. Uh so Jimmy Garoppolo only scored about ten and a half points. The call of the week though was really the most uh just just the most baseline streamer. I mean he was he was uh featured in my fifteen transactions column in week one. Matthew Stafford, he scores twenty seven point six points. That Arizona secondary is going to be targeted every single mm-hmm. week because it's it's not only bad, but Patrick Peterson suspended right now. Lamar Jackson about to eat this week. Um, but Matthew Stafford, a really good play at quarterback tight end. We had Jeff Swaim who only scored 5.7 PPR points. Not great. Um, but I do think that, that not having fulls had something to do with that. Uh, Tyler Eifert at 7.7, not, not hateful. Uh, and Darren Waller, Darren Waller ends up scoring 14 points without scoring a touchdown. Yes. I mean, just, just, he played 55 of 55 snaps. Is that right? That is, that is correct. Denny. That is correct. As you pointed out, as you pointed out, someone got really upset with you for pointing that out. Yes. Yeah. People. Yeah. They. I. I saw that on on Twitter. People were mad that I funny. that I just uh, quote tweeted an Adam Levitan with, with tweet the, with the eye emoji. Yeah. All I'm saying, guys, is that look at what Darren Waller's numbers were in Week One. This is this is incredibly important. These numbers. It, it it was like the most mundane use of the eyeball emoji, and someone was like, "Stop attacking me, dear God." Yeah. Well, I think it was the 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 piece of it was um the the preseason hype piece, how how he was hyped up, and the person uh, was like, "Oh, it's just hype. It's just hype." Blah blah blah. And no, like I don't care about the. I literally do not care about how people view hype, all, all of that. Like, like having a discussion about hype to me is just irrelevant. I'm, I'm yeah. literally looking at, looking at these numbers and saying, holy crap, Darren Waller had over 30% of Oakland's targets in week one. Like that, yeah. that that's, this yeah. is something that, that we need to look at because he could be the late round tight end target, which by the way, we talked about a lot on the show in the off season. It, it, we did. And it, it, it reminded me uh, of a little bit, not, not quite, you know, like Julius Thomas in 20. 20- 14 or whatever it was that year that we yeah, called yeah, him yeah, yeah. for, for you, you know what's funny about that by the way that was i think the first like full year of the show because we yeah. did the show in like december uh yeah i was actually looking at a facebook memory recently and i gave you a shout out on facebook in like 2013 <laughs> because you called the julius thomas uh coming out party that week yes heady times heady times but it reminded me of that in that the fact that Waller was like the centerpiece of the of the entire uh, passing game for a little while there. Yeah, it was sweet. Um, and I, I, I want to give us a little pat on the back for our defensive picks this week. Yeah, man. I mean, my goodness. We had the, the Lions were our worst pick. They scored seven points, so they were still fine. Yeah. Uh, the Jets score 18 points. They had a defensive touchdown. And the San Francisco 49ers. This was a Denny Carter special. The San, the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> destroy Jameis Winston. They score 27 fantasy points. They were the defense one last week. I mean, just tr- I trust in Winston is the, is the issue. I, I just trust that he's that bad that we can just stream it. The 49ers defense, by the way, is going to be bad. Like, yeah, like yeah. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was, it was a crazy outing. Uh, now Jameis gets a Thursday night road game. So things should go well. We, we may revisit that. All right, Denny. Let's uh let's get to the streamers for week two. Let's have you kick things off with we'll start with quarterbacks. With yeah, let's start with quarterback. All right, I'm gonna start with Sam Darnold, the ninth. Uh, he plays against Cleveland. Uh, this game has a as I have in my notes a not hateful total of 46 points. The Browns are fresh off uh, giving up 248 yards and three touchdowns to Marcus Mariota. Of course, that was on 14 completions, so it's a typical Mariota line. Um, 
Last year, Cleveland's defense allowed the eighth most passing yards, giving up nine yards per pass attempt, which was seventh worst in the league. Uh, I don't hate Darnold this week. I think that he actually played pretty well uh, against Buffalo. It's just that um, they were not giving him anything down the field, and he missed a couple a couple really, really big shots to Robbie Anderson uh, that would have changed his line big time, you know, from a from a bottom tier kind of performance to you know somewhere somewhere near the you know top twelve range. So he's available on I think ninety percent of waiver wires right now. So yeah, uh, I think the top streamer this week though a quarterback is Josh Allen. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the Giants looked really bad against Dallas in Week One. Dak Prescott did whatever he wanted against them. Um, Josh Allen threw for 254 yards and a score in week one, but we know that the upside with Josh Allen is his rushing ability. He's had 15 plus rushing yards in every start of his career. He's averaged 54 rushing yards per start so far. Mm -hmm. That's essentially more than a passing touchdown that you're just adding to his baseline. So, uh, he should have a high floor. Um, but the, the, you know, this matchup doesn't have, it's not that high of an over under or an implied team total necessarily, um, but it's a bad defense, so I, th- I think that he'll at least provide a floor, and then we know the ceiling can hit because of his legs. I like him a lot. I mean, the Giants' defense is kind of trash, right? Yeah, it's bad. Not great. I'm really excited to talk about our third quarterback here, JJ. You should and be. Because, because, first of all, he has a great Fu Manchu, and his name is Gardner Minchu the second. Yeah, look, okay. he, he was he was meant to play quarterback in the NFL. He he was, and he cut he's straight out of a, a movie. You know, I mean, sure. he looks like he's he's out of a um like a like an '80s football movie with like you know players like maybe like scabs coming onto the field <laughs> to break a strike or something. Yeah. yeah, um, like the replacement type thing, replacements. But um, uh, I think that he gels nicely with our brand because a. You know, he's a quarterback who's not going to be uh, played anywhere. And and B, he goes by Gardner Minshew the second. And we we joke about, you know, second, third, fourth. And but there's no reason for him to be called that. So this is from Deadspin. OK, yeah, let's hear Gardner, it. Gardner, Gardner Minshew's full name is, is Gardner Flint Minshew the second. How did Flint become his middle name? You ask his dad's name is Flint. Where where did the second come from? It's un- we're unclear on that part because that's not his grandfather's name either. Wait, and so it's also, not his dad's name either? No. Wow. No. And also, his grandfather wanted his name to be Beowulf. <laughs> what? He wanted him to be called Beowulf, which, which, by the way, Gardner Minshew in high school used to tell every teacher, every English teacher that he had, that he wanted that his grand grandfather wanted him to be called Beowulf. What? I, I love this guy. I mean, he's I, amazing. I, you know, eventually, he's going to say something horrible and is going to be canceled. Obviously, but sure. But until then, I'm on board. Um, that's that's <laughs> that, that's all the analysis we really need. If we're being, I know. Honest. Let's just move on. Um, but okay, I, I I am trying to gear it down a little bit because we have to remember he was playing against a bad uh, Chiefs secondary, and the secondary was backed off, you know, it basically in, in prevent for most of the second half, just letting him have whatever he wanted uh, in the flat or, you know, in, um, you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He went 22 of 25 for 275 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. This maybe shouldn't come as a huge surprise since Minshew completed 71% of his passes 
during his final year in college with an interception rate of 1.3%. Um, they play Houston this week. I guess we're banking here. No, I don't guess. We are banking here on him having to once again drop back and throw a lot because the uh, Jaguars are eight and a half point underdogs on the road against Houston. Uh, 67%, by the way, 67% of touchdowns scored against the Texans last year were through the air, which is a pretty a pretty high rate. Uh, so, uh, you know, you could do worse, I guess, is is the issue with, with Menchu. But, uh, but also, I am uh, chomping at the bit to have him on every two QB or super flex sure. team that I have. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a deep play this week, though. He, he's a deep yeah. play. Yeah, I, right, right. But I, I, I'm trying not to get too excited. Denny's gonna play I, him over Josh Allen. Is what he said. Right. Yeah. I, I know. I know. People are gonna start asking. Would you? Are you gonna go with him over Dak? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last quarterback streamer this week is Derek Carr. He looks surprisingly good against Denver. Um, I was, I was kind of shocked by that. Uh, as you already noted, Denny, Kansas City was was pretty awful against Minshew last week. This is a 52 and a half point over under uh, against the Chiefs. Um, and as we said last week, you know, pass attempts don't necessarily correlate strongly to overall success, but we feel a little bit more confident whenever you know that pass attempts are coming. Um, and that should happen against the Chiefs because they faced the most pass attempts in the league last year. So I, I like Derek Carr. I thought he looked good in that game. And, and what we thought or what we would have thought was not a great matchup for him. Um, but I think that this Chiefs matchup really sets well for him, sets up well for him. I don't like him as much as Josh Allen, but I probably... I probably have him second this week. Yeah, yeah. I I think that he for me might be like one B to Allen. But. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to defenses. We usually start with defense, but we didn't this week. Uh, Denny, why don't you kick things yeah. off? Yeah. So we're back. We're back to the the pick on Jameis Winston train. The Bucks uh, go to Carolina this week. Carolina is a six and a half point favorite here. Uh, here's a little stat for you, JJ. Are you ready? Uh, so I, I mentioned Jameis Winston's horrific win-loss splits in last week's show. In losses, he is he has averaged 1.3 interceptions per game. But when the Bucks lose by at least six points, he throws 1.55 interceptions per game. Uh, so if you think that the Bucks are going to be forced to throw a lot in this game and he's going to be under pressure and he's going to be able to, you know, be given the opportunity to do a lot of dumb things. Then I think Carolina is kind of a must pick up off the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not available everywhere and definitely not in your league, obviously. Sure. Um, but I know they're available in many of my leagues and I want them very much. Yeah. I think that whenever I checked for 15 transactions, they were available in 94% of Yahoo leagues because of who they played in week one. So yeah. I like Carolina. Well, I think Carolina's defensive line is going to absolutely destroy the, the Tampa Bay offensive line. Exactly. So the Bucks gave up three sacks last week to the 49ers, and Winston was pressured constantly through that, especially through that second half. And the 49ers' front seven doesn't really have a reputation for being dominant. So. Yeah, the, the, the Panthers' front seven is very good. I, I think, I, again, I mean, it's also a Thursday night game where I generally just always, always favor the home team because uh, mm -hmm. it's just generally how things go. So I love the Panthers. They're easily the top streaming defense. I think that you could go with the Titans, too. Um, it, the, the game against Indianapolis, I think, has like a 44.5 point over under. Uh, Indy uh, obviously has the offensive line, so we probably won't see as many sacks as what Tennessee got in Cleveland this past week. 
because uh, Baker Mayfield was sacked five times. Mm. Um, but Tennessee's at home. Uh, they're three-point favorites. They really just kind of check the boxes of being a fairly safe play this week because I don't think that, that Indy's just going to go absolutely nuts offensively against them. Uh, and it's a divisional game, too, where, where you might see a little bit lower scoring. So uh, I think Tennessee is fine as sort of a backup plan. I don't think their ceiling is that high, uh, but they certainly have some sort of floor. Yes, and we have a third defense for the folks uh, who, you know, this week you can't tell, you can't say that our defenses were owned in your league because the Bengals' defense is definitely not owned in your league. They are our deeper play, I would say, against the 49ers, uh, Cincinnati's at home. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo might be bad. Um, He threw for 100. Yeah, he threw for 166 yards, a touchdown, an interception. And best of all, a 5.2 adjusted yards per attempt against the Bucks. Okay, we're talking about a bottom-dwelling defense, especially the secondary on that Bucks team. Uh, the Cincinnati defense got to Russell Wilson early and often last week. They sacked him four times, and uh, Cincinnati comes into this one as a one and a half point home favorite. I don't like them nearly as much as the other two. Uh, but I think that you can get by with them. Yeah, agreed. Uh, at tight end, uh, if Darren Waller is still out there, oh. please, please pick him up. Uh, his ownership uh, is going to going to change a lot this week, but he's sort of kind of a streamer. Uh, he played every single snap in week one. He looked awesome. He saw over 30% of Oakland's targets. Uh, I just think that he's going to see a uh, year-long value in that offense without an injury. I mean, please don't get hurt, Darren Waller. Oh, please uh, no. But without an injury, there, there's no alternatives in that offense. Tyrell Williams looked good uh, last night, but uh, th- there are really no real alternatives in this offense. So I think Darren Waller is going to eat this year. He'll eat this week. He's someone that you're just going to want to plug and play every week in your lineup. He, he got hit in the back in the first quarter uh, in last night's yeah. game. And he reached down, like, like touched his lower back, like, ouch, that hurt. And I was, like, screaming at the TV, like, how dare you? Right. How dare you hit Darren Waller like that? Did you uh, did you watch Hard Knocks at all? No. So do you know his story? Like, he was an addict and, like. No. Yeah, so that's part of the reason why. Like, he was apparently just, like, uh, abusing when he was in Baltimore. And so he oh. had to take the year off. Slash, I, don't, I can't remember if he was. I think he was suspended. But he, he was an addict, and he is now clean. And so he has this, like, redemption story as well oh. to go along with all this. So it's, it's kind of an awesome story. That is. That, wow, I got to look that up. Yeah. All right, Denny, let's hear the other another tight end streamer. Yes, Ryan Griffin, folks. It's Ryan Griffin's season once again. <laughs> he... <laughs> have you ever looked featured. at Ryan Griffin's picture on, like, uh, like, have you ever looked at his headshot? I've looked at his headshot a disturbing number of times. He, he yes. looks like he looks like the default character in any create a character in any game, any video oh, game. You're right. He, he when, when you go and create a character in Grand Theft Auto or in Madden mm-hmm. or anything, you see Ryan Griffin. You oh, you start toggling and you're like, do I want this skin color or this skin color? I'm going to go with a white guy. Oh, generic yeah. white guy. Oh, it's Ryan Griffin. <laughs> I'm sure his mother loves him still. <laughs> Uh, so Ryan Griffin, so obviously this is not going to last a long time because Chris Herndon season is coming. I should say Chris Herndon, the fourth season is coming. Uh, but, but Griffin for now, I think is a decent option. So he only saw four targets last week and he caught three of them. But I think the low key, you know, factor that no one is really looking at right now is that he ran 43 pass routes against the bills. 
Uh, that's more than any other tight end in the NFL for week one. Last season, only four defenses allowed more schedule-adjusted fantasy points to opposing tight ends than the Browns, who the—I should have mentioned that, that the Jets play the Browns this week. Uh, last year, Cleveland gave up 6.3 receptions per game to tight ends. Only the Colts gave up more, and Delaney Walker had a big week one against Cleveland, catching five of six targets for two touchdowns in that game. Yeah, I think that he's a really interesting sleeper uh, this week. I mean, look, hopefully you're not having to to dig deep with both of these guys outside of Darren Waller this week. But again, the the data supports Ryan Griffin. I yeah, I think that the opportunity is is clearly there for now. Yeah, uh, the last streamer. We're gonna go back to the Tyler Eifert. Well, um, hopefully we don't fall in and get hurt like he always does. Uh, the, oh. the the Bengals threw a lot of passes against Seattle. Um, but Eifert still did rank 14th in routes run at tight end. He saw a little over 12% of the team's targets. That's not bad. That's not horrible. Um, and it's good, too, that they threw the ball a lot when the entire game was in a neutral game script. Mm-hmm. It, it the, the way that I'm, I'm viewing this, because a lot of people are like, oh, they're not going to throw that much again. Like, you know, don't buy John Ross as a, as a uh, because of that, as a result of that. The way that I see it is they, they clearly did that by matchup, which means... Finally, Cincinnati might have competent coaching. There, there might this regime might be competent in some way, and that's a good thing. That's what we want, right? Uh, so I, I, I just think you know if you if you look at uh, this matchup, uh, the 49ers, they did well against the Buccaneers. I get it, mm-hmm. um, but if you watch that game, you saw that Cameron Braid had two touchdowns called back. Actually, mm-hmm. on the they might have been back to back plays, but they were on yes. the same drive at least. Um, so th- both those touchdowns got called back. You know, I don't absolutely love Tyler Eifert, but I don't absolutely love any waiver wire tight end, so I think that he's fine. You know, the the thing you can always say about Tyler Eifert is you could do worse. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So to recap, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr, Gardner Minshew the second, Darren Waller, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Eifert, Titans D, Panthers D, Bengals D. All right, Daniel. There you go. You ready for Twitter? I am. This is a good one. This is from our buddy Jason Brown at number one punna. When you are wearing sunglasses outside, but then enter into a building, what do you do with your sunglasses? Do you, A, put them upside down on the back of your head, B, hang them off your ears on the back of your head, C, put them on top of your head, or D, on your shirt? I I would never put them on my hair, obviously. So that's never happening. Okay. Um, what I do is actually I take them off and I let them hang momentarily from my from my sideburns basically the the, the I, I let the, i let them hang in my on my chin yeah area, right really. so like your jaw is holding them up right and and until until i get to a comfortable position where then i can just remove them entirely and put them on the table or something but uh this is that that's actually a great question because one time i did that that move where it would they were dangling from like my sideburn area and my aunt who was there with me uh, it was actually Thanksgiving morning, and I had my glasses like that. And my aunt w- wouldn't talk to me, and I kept like glancing over to, to try to start a conversation. She wouldn't, she wouldn't talk to me. Turns out she thought that I had headphones in, <laughs> and so she was like, "I thought that you had tuned us out." <laughs> and I was like, "No, my glasses were on, Auntie." By the way, this is all just a humble brag by Denny to say that he has a great jawline. <laughs> It's very, the, it's very the, the real the real answer to this is on your shirt. You put it in your collar, you just stick it in there and you let them sit there. Yeah, I, I do I do that as well. I do that when I'm 
when I don't want to look like an idiot with the glasses hanging from my jaw. <laughs> right, right. Uh, next question is from at Arby's don't matter. For some people, they use endearing pet names for their significant others. Sweetie, honey, babe, etc. For me and my girlfriend, we call each other various forms of poop. You're such a poop. Grab me a beer pooper. I love you, poo. And then at the end, at the end, it says, her Denny's wife calls him child support. Jeez. <laughs> very, very harsh on the uh, on the joke oh. on, on the my wife left me joke. Oh, people make it like go to such a dark, serious place with that joke sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this next one's from at S Clark one 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 two eight six. Being that Denny is a polygamist and has Mike Davis as a third party in his marriage, extrapolating his marriage to the Chicago running back situation is Denny. Tariq Cohen, an undersized change of pace. David Montgomery, overhyped and underused. And then it says, take this however you may. Uh, yeah, well, like Tariq Cohen, I've been tried in different positions. Hey, okay, we can move on. Uh, this next question is from at T-Bone the Blitzer. Uh, since this is a poop podcast, would you get $1,000 a day, but every day you have a 50% chance of sharding yourself? <laughs> Well, look, look, here's the thing. Let's actually break this down. Who who in their right mind, who works from home, mind you, would would not take this deal? Uh, yeah, you, you have to. You take this, you get $1,000 a day for a 50% chance to shart yourself. Uh, yeah, that's... And you're at home a... and no one's going to know what's going on. Like, it's fine. You just go upstairs and change. Uh, God, it's so... It's I mean, it's, it's horrifying to think about... But I think that you could manage it. Yeah, I think you can. You can manage. You can get. I mean, look, if if you're working from home, you just get some adult diapers, and you're getting a thousand dollars a day. Yeah, and you don't have to work. Yeah, you know, really, you, you really, yeah, you don't have to work all of a sudden because you're you you took this deal. Yeah, so that's yeah. This I mean, this is an easy I, answer, Denny. I, I don't. I still don't love it. I still don't love it. What if you want to go out? What if I, you want to do go something? out? Wear a diaper. You're fine. Oh my! And, that, and not that, only that, that, not only that, it could be one of the fifty percent day, days where you're not sharding. It could be, or you could be sitting in a Starbucks and suddenly, you know, it's suddenly a you got a you got a, a fountain of poop going over your oh, head, up your oh, back. I mean, that's a that's like a, a day ruiner. It's a week ruiner. Yeah. So the, the next question is another one from S. Clark. And I, I wanted to, to bring this up. It's basically, should you add Gronk? And, and I don't know if you've looked at Gronk's ownership. It's like 20. It's, 20, it's 20%. Like, yeah, it's like 25%. Like, guys, Rob Gronkowski is not in the league right now. Let's just assume Gronk comes back in like week 10. Okay. Are you going to play Rob Gronkowski? Not only that. Rob Gronkowski wasn't even like the typical difference maker tight end in fantasy football last year. Why are we treating Rob Gronkowski like Travis Kelsey still? It's like it's like people uh, can't get past it. Yeah, like guys, this is this is so ridiculous. Darren Waller would outscore Rob Gronkowski if Rob Gronkowski had been playing this entire season. Ooh, that's at hot. me, I like at it. me. It's it's not even hot. Rob Gronkowski was a shell of himself last year. He's a good football player. He can block well. He did fine. But if Rob Gronkowski comes back, you're number one not going to use him, and number two, he's likely to not produce. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think people are hoping, like hoping against hope that he returns and he's the 2012 version of himself. Yeah, I don't know. Like like he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If he comes back and if he produces. That's that sure. That's in his range of outcomes, if you will. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's a one percent chance, let's say. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem with that is you're also holding on to a, a completely worthless asset on your fantasy roster on your bench. And this is the most important time of year to add guys off the waiver wire. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think that uh, people were not listening to him when he had a tearful, you know, reminiscing about how horrible football was on him mentally and physically and emotionally like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I don't think that like Antonio Brown is the reason that Rob Gronkowski would come back to football. Like he, yeah, me Gronk, Gronk seems like he, he made it like, it's not unlike Andrew Luck. Like he made a logical decision. He sat back and, and he thought about the way that his body and the way it, it was, it was hurting him mentally. That was the main yeah. reason. And he made this decision and it's not like Rob Gronkowski's never won a Super Bowl. It's not like he's, Oh, Oh, now the Patriots have a chance to win a Super Bowl. So I'm going to come back. Like, no, yeah, that's not a thing. That, it's not happening. Did you hear that he said that his leg injury from the Super Bowl was so bad that he couldn't sleep for more than 20 minutes at a time? Yeah. Yeah. For for like weeks? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh. Why oh. why would you want to come back to that? That that's that just I was like I couldn't stop thinking about that for hours after I read it. It's yeah. terrible. Hey, can I read some uh, Facebook sure, questions? Sure. Sure. All right, this is from the Living the Stream Facebook page everybody. You should go check it out along with our our Patreon page, which has a really cool community tab where LTS truthers can bounce ideas off each other. And occasionally JJ and I will participate in those discussions too. So here's a question from the LTS Facebook page. This is uh, Brian M. Clark. Uh, What is the best way to own the libs? Blowing out your opponent or beating them by less than one so they can feel dead I'm sorry. So they can feel dread on who they should have started instead. Yeah, definitely the latter. Yeah, of course. It's the it, latter. It's the I latter. I, I, if I get blown out, I'm just like, oh, you know what? Good on them. I, I got, I got, this is just completely unlucky. Like it's, it's, yeah. it just happens. But when I lose by one or two, mm-hmm. I, I am, I am hating oh. myself for oh. the decisions I made. Yeah, and uh, I, especially because most of the time you can look at your bench and say, if I would have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so obviously it's always more painful to lose by one or two. Uh, all right. This question is from uh, Josh Craig. Josh says, how do you deal with guys like Lockett and Godwin going forward? Seems like efficiency is there, but not a lot of volume. Uh, I, I mean, I think the volume will will be there for, for Bucks receivers, but you definitely can't say the same thing about Lockett. Yeah. I mean, look, they had a neutral game script the entire game against Cincinnati and Brian Schottenheimer decided to throw the ball 20 times. Mm. Like, we can, we, all offseason, all we heard was that Seattle's defense is going to be awful, and it's not good. It's not a good defense. And there is a good stretch of schedule here where Seattle should throw the ball more than they typically throw the ball, okay? But if you look at week one, and if you're not a little afraid of what happened in week one from a Tyler Lockett standpoint, even a Russell Wilson standpoint, um, I, I think that you're viewing it wrong because Brian Schottenheimer is a bad offensive coordinator. It, him between the Seahawks and the Vikings, I'm actually I might actually die watching football this year because those two teams are setting the game back a hundred years. As Kyle Rudolph said this week, he said on the hundredth anniversary of the league, we are setting the league back a hundred years. Yeah, and they're both they're two and zero. Oh, so get on, Denny. Oh, I know. Uh, that's what my dad said. My dad it doesn't matter if you if you don't. He said. Uh, I said it's good that the Vikings are are paying Kirk Cousins seven hundred million dollars to yeah. hand off to hand off to their backup running back eighteen times. Yeah. Uh, every, and and he goes he goes, 
He goes, doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is the win. I was like, oh, okay, the, the results are the only thing that matters. I get it, Dad. I get it. Uh, all right, last question from Facebook. Uh, I, and by the way, I'll try to answer these on the Patreon page, the rest of these uh, Facebook questions. Brandon Johnson says, I've heard talk, I've heard talk of the Patriots defense having a great upcoming schedule. Do you buy into that philosophy? What do you think, JJ? I think the Patriots are kind of an every week start. Are they not? I mean, the the defense certainly looks uh, very good uh, against Pittsburgh. I'm trying to pull up their schedule right now so that I can see. They get the yeah. Dolphins this week. Then they get yeah, the yeah. Jets. Then they get the Bills. Then they get Washington. Then yeah. they get the Giants. Then they oh. get the Jets. <laughs> and then they oh. get the uh, Browns. That's the toughest oh. matchup for them. But they could still do stuff there. Uh, all right. So yeah, so you're you're looking you're looking at Halloween as to when you might stop using the the Patriots. Yeah, so, I mean, the main appeal I think of the Patriots, what, whatever you think of them, talent wise or whatever, they're going to be in a position where teams are going to be chasing points against them all year, and that's a great spot to be in for a fantasy defense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this next question is from at Katie Banks zero one. I refused to draft a quarterback in my work league. Then I picked up Lamar Jackson five minutes before kickoff on Sunday. What is the appropriate subject line for the email I send to all my league mates this week? <laughs> I mean, you can get go owned. in a lot of different directions here. I, I have, I don't think I have something off the top of my head though. Get, I mean, get owned. Yeah. Get owned is the, is the go-to. Yeah. That, that's it. That's or, it. or, it's, or something like a, like a question, like a, like, like what if you were actually good at fantasy football? Right, right. Or, or how did, um, you know, how, how did having what, what was one quarterback when Aaron Rodgers? How, how did how did having Aaron Rodgers yeah. go? Right. How did Aaron Rodgers do last week? By the way, every every time I drafted with a draft day consultants client, I, I would get Lamar Jackson, obviously, in like the 11th or 12th round. And the client to a person would say the following. But he can't throw. Yeah. And I would say, First of all, it doesn't matter, and secondly, he can. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's a I I kind of want to rant about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I saw this on Twitter. I commented on it on Twitter because someone tagged me in a post. Um, there's this idea out there that Lamar Jackson's Week One was a complete results over process oriented uh, situation. Wow. And my my comeback to that is that. When you analyze Lamar Jackson and said he is the late round quarterback, you need to draft Lamar Jackson. He has top three upside. What you were doing is you were looking at what his potential passing ceiling was combined with his rushing ceiling. And mm -hmm. what you get is a, a rush. The, the, the rushing production provides this weekly floor, right? The passing production, then if it's good, he all of a sudden has a top three ceiling. So, mm -hmm. How I formulated all of my arguments for Lamar Jackson this offseason was, okay, of the eight quarterbacks who hit 700 rushing yards in a season, seven of them were top five quarterbacks in that season. And then, you, and then I stepped back and I said, okay, Lamar Jackson has to be a better passer. Well, he has Greg Roman, and Greg Roman was really good with Colin Kaepernick and Tyrod Taylor, two dual-threat quarterbacks. That was my, my go-to pitch for Lamar Jackson all offseason, okay? So what, what, that, what that is basically telling you is that Lamar Jackson had a floor, a rushing floor, and then the ceiling was that he now has a competent coordinator who can help him be efficient as a passer, okay? So there's a there's a ceiling that's embedded in his production that 
he can have a five touchdown game. Why can he not have a five touchdown game? Right. And if he does do that, he's not going to have to run the football. If you score five touchdowns in a game throwing the ball, you likely don't have to do much on the ground. But the good part about Lamar Jackson is he doesn't have to sustain what he did through the air in order to continue to be a top five quarterback in fantasy football. Not even close. Not even a fraction. of it. Not even a fraction of it. So all these people are saying, well, Lamar Jackson's going to regress. He's not going to do this again. I don't care because he's going to start to run the ball more. If, this is if the it, beauty of Lamar Jackson. Right. If it was a game, if the, if there was some neutral script involved, he definitely would have run it more. Yeah, exactly. He, he probably wouldn't have scored as many points, but... He would have scored a lot. You know, he still would have been a top probably three three to five option on the week. So it, that, that that argument is is nonsense. And and obviously the rushing is coming. Yeah, like it's, it's going to come because there's going to be matchups where they don't go the way that they went in week one. Like no one. First of all, people were like getting mad at me for for victory lapping in week one with this Lamar Jackson stuff. Like, get, mean, get over this. I'm excited because a guy that I touted did really, really well. Just stop. Well, just this stop. Is, this is why we do this, by the way, yeah, so that right. we can be like, I was right. <laughs> yeah, I was right. right. You know, and, and also when you're wrong, you say, wow, I was wrong. The, the Maybe I was wrong about the process. Maybe it just didn't work out, whatever. But yeah, I mean, this right. part. The, the, that's the thing. Like I went on Twitter today and I said, you know what? Last week I said Devin Singletary was a sell. And I actually think that Devin Singletary is a buy now. Like, I think that you should go buy Devin Singletary based on the peripherals. And and like, like you adjust based on what information is coming your way and like get, get out of it get out of here like let me let me have fun let me enjoy fantasy football don't tell me how to dictate my twitter account yeah no this is a problem with having a huge following is that is that you have people who feel free to storm in you know and 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 say that kind of kind of nonsense but by the way you are one of the few big time analysts who will change their mind according to changing circumstances you don't you don't have take lock yeah i hate take lock and, and but and you don't have it at all you don't have you don't ever have it on any player including obviously this the singletary so you know that that's uh that's as you would say good on you i i yeah, say good you. for you but you say oh, good yeah, on yeah. you i do good say on good, good on you uh, <laughs> you want to hear you want to hear my new thing that i hate on on twitter yeah. i think more than anything uh-huh. is when i go like like people think that like trolls don't don't do anything to me anymore. I like responding to trolls and being being completely idiotic back to them. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the most entertaining thing in the world. Like dude, yes. Listen, the the only way to respond to bad faith is with is with worse faith. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it's it's so so fun to go back like like I sent a tweet whenever uh the Raiders scored their first touchdown uh that said that the 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 Raiders had more touchdowns than the Steelers did without Antonio Brown this season. And uh, I think Matthew Barry might have tweeted it or retweeted it. So a lot of people were coming my way. And it was so funny to me that I had so many Steeler fans in my mentions like yelling at me and calling me a Jagoff. That's how I knew that they were from Pittsburgh because they were calling me a Jagoff. But it's just, it's so funny to me. So I would respond to them and just be like, yeah, go Steelers. Like just say like stuff like that back to me. (laughs) But like, like I... I get, you know, a lot of trolls will hit my mentions and I'll respond to them and I'll be sarcastic or like whatever back to them. My new thing that I hate on Twitter is when followers who are only meaning well, they, whatever, when followers come back and they say, don't feed the trolls, stop feeding the trolls. It's like, guys, guys, please. If you see me going back and forth with someone on Twitter or interacting with a quote unquote troll, 
I am not angry. Please know that I'm not angry. I get more angry at you saying that to me than I am at this guy calling me a dipshit. I I think that they do mean well. I think that they're they're like trying to console you, like exactly, okay, exactly, being, right. Like you're being ambushed, but you're not handling it the right way. I think that that's what they're saying, right? But but they don't know that you're smiling while yeah, you're that's, doing. That's it. right. That's right. I'm I'm loving. I love when stuff like that happens. I love when people get angry at me online because it's just it's it's hilarious to me. Yeah, uh, you know what a you know what a good response is, by the way, to trolls is the the Oprah gif where she's pointing at the camera and she's going, "You mad? You <laughs> <Yeah>. mad?" <laughs> I do love I I do love the my my go to response is always still just you're tilting. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, right. and whatever they say, that's that's the go to if I can't think of anything witty. Uh, is- all right, let's get to these questions. There's more questions. At seven one six a a Ron, would you rather have fingers the size of legs or legs the size of fingers? What? Yeah, Denny, answer it. What? Um, fingers the size of legs? Ew. Oh, God. I think you have to go with fingers the size of legs. I think that you got to go fingers the size of... I think you got to go legs the size of fingers. What? Yeah, because I think that it would be uh, tilting and frustrating to have to carry around fingers <laughs> the size of legs. I mean, I'm I'm so freaked out. I'm gonna have a nightmare about this question. <laughs> we need someone to to Photoshop this, by the way. Oh, I I would go with the the uh, fingers the size of or no I legs mean, the size of fingers. Either way, you're gonna have to learn how to live a new life. You know, I yeah. mean, <laughs> everything changes, obviously. Yeah. Next question at Brinkerton eighty six. How many dozens of roses should I send to Sean Watson after he helped me crush mm. Denny in the LTS Listener League? Um. You know, I, I, I saw it happening. Like, I saw it unfolding when when Houston got the ball back with, like, two minutes or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm done. And then, I, well, I had Jalen Richard, but here's the thing about Jalen Richard. He didn't play at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a problem. <laughs> I uh, I got the W in the LTS Listener League this week. Yeah, I was up. I was up literally the entire week except for the last second of the Houston game. Yeah. Wow, get on. Uh, you know who I have on my 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 LTS Listener League team sucks this year, but you know who I do have? Who you have? Sammy Watkins. Dang man. Yeah. See, as a zero RB guy, I was never in position to take Sammy. He would have been my he would have been my wide receiver five. I have Sa- I have Sammy Watkins everywhere this year. Dang, that is that's I feel, sweet. I, I'm loving life. He he's a he's a I mean conservatively he's a he's a wide receiver one going forward. Like I'm talking about to, top twelve. You know? Yeah, I think so. Uh, next question at K of the world: Would Denny rather drink an IPA a day or go back on a daily smoothie routine? Also, does JJ have a grocery delivery service to make sure his supply of smoothie stock never runs low? Okay, first off, well, Denny, first off, answer the question: Would you do so, an I, IPA a day or a smoothie? daily smoothie routine yeah i'll do the smoothie man i don't want to drink an ipa every day here's the thing here's the thing you don't hate smoothies you just don't think that i'm going to be able to maintain this smoothie pace listen if someone made me a smoothie every day i would drink the hell out of it (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) this is not a denny doesn't like the taste of smoothies this is denny thinks that the rest of the world is lazy when making smoothies he doesn't think that i can handle this that's right. Remember, remember, everyone. When my <laughs> wife made peanut butter and banana smoothies, 
I actually got upset on the mornings where she didn't put me a little, a little bit of a cup to the side, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and to answer the question, I, I, you know, like I'll go to, everyone knows who listens to the show. I go to the grocery store for lunch sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if I'm there, it's very easy to get the supplies. Very easy to get the smoothie supplies. Next question at Josh underscore Jenkins five. Would either of you even cons- ever consider working in analytics for an NFL team? Do you see fantasy football analysts begin migrating that way in the next five to ten years? Well, this is a question for you. I, w- I look, look. I know that I have a numbers-driven podcast. My analysis is numbers-driven, but please, please listen to me say this: I am not a data scientist the way that other people are data scientists. I merely can take information and communicate that information and I can I can try to make it entertaining, but I am not the one who can do the insane types of things that some of these people can do. I can do a lot of things, don't get me wrong, but there there are great data scientists out there who are well better fit for something like that. I'm more of the communicator. There are a lot of fantasy analysts who are really great with data, but like you said, are not like actual data scientists are not experts like trained in the field yeah. of of data science so that there's a big gap there and yeah i mean we are going to start i think what you're seeing and what you're going to start to see more it are, are people from football twitter not fantasy football twitter but football twitter make their way into you know front offices uh um and making decisions for yeah for teams i'm not sure it has to come from the fantasy section of Twitter. Right. And we, we've seen it happen already. I, I do think that, that fantasy analysts are pretty well-rounded and mm-hmm. know the league pretty well, just given the fact that you have to study everything as opposed to just like one team and the way that beat writers, you know, look at one team, for instance. But, you know, the, the, the kinds of things that I talk about on my shows and the kinds of things that like my spreadsheets say, like I have in-depth spreadsheets and stuff and I'm great at Excel and I can do some some coding and stuff. But like the, the kinds of work that others are, are putting out there, like uh, a Hermsmeyer or mm-hmm. uh, what Ben Baldwin does. Ben Baldwin, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing really, really in-depth information with big data that I don't necessarily work with. So it's not, I mean, I, I don't really aspire to work for an NFL team either. Um, my I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. So... Uh, I, like, I, I just think that this is, this is where I should be because it's a nice medium between being that communicator and being fun and having a stupid, awful podcast like this. Um, <laughs> and also being able to dig into that data and still, you know, uncover some gems that you can share with the world. Sure. Sure. But listen, man, if they, if they ever come calling for you, I need you to promise me that you'll never work for the Patriots. Can you do that? Yeah. I'll never work for the Patriots. Thank, thank you. Never. Thank you. Uh, this next question is from at Swervin Shervin. If you had to replace your co-host with an NFL head coach, who would you be? Who who would be your first choice, and who would be your last choice? Oh, I I, I have a I have a last choice. Who's your last choice? Mike Zimmer. Yeah, Mike Zimmer is a good last choice. He's the absolute last choice. That guy seems like the most miserable sob. I'm keeping it clean for the kids. Yeah, I I uh, think uh I, I think that we're gonna probably miss some some guys here, but one person who popped in my mind as the worst was Bill O'Brien. Oh yes. Like he, he would, he wouldn't be very fun. And, and who, who would be your number one though? I have a couple, I have a couple that I would. Um, who, who's yours? I have a few actually. I think my number one, and maybe this is like too cliche. I think my number one would be John Gruden. Really? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. So tell me, tell me why you don't like John Gruden. I, I think, I think he's hilarious. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he's funny, but like he, he doesn't, he's not trying to be funny, and he's not. He doesn't yeah, but, know ima- he's ima- but imagine, imagine the kinds of like hilarious moments you could create by knowing that he's not trying to be funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think if you could keep your cool with him being like, we're going to run an offense like it's 1987 and, and all this stuff, you know, I think that that if you can keep your cool with all that, that the, the, the anti-analytics nonsense that he would spew. Yes, of course. I think that, that it could be fun. Sure. I could see that. Yeah. And I also think, uh, Sean McVay would obviously be, be pretty good to just go back and forth with and talk, but, but he, yeah. and, and another guy that popped in my head was Pete Carroll. Actually, I was kind of thinking Pete Carroll would be not my number one. <laughs> yeah, Pete Carroll's not a bad one at all. I mean, he's he's such he's such an insane dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like he's like he's like he's definitely not right, and and he's the complete opposite of me in every single way. <laughs> um, and I just I think that that would be that would make for 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 good for good contrast. I mean, his his like um almost radical optimism. Yes. Uh, yes. is it rubs me in a way that that almost makes me physically uncomfortable you know what <laughs> right, i mean yes. it's like like i hear him talk and i'm like ah oh, god it's like it's like show, it's like having a, a globe of a, a clove of garlic in front of a, a, a vampire right you know and, and that that sort of po- positivity in in my in what my about, direction what about what so. about uh what about bruce arians yeah he could be fun i mean he's bombastic you know yeah i'm just trying to think of uh you know who I really wouldn't like to I, I don't like Sean Payton. I don't I don't like him at all. Doesn't he just he comes across as kind of pompous and obnoxious? Uh, well, his he the, the, the pompous aspect can be seen in his use of Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, that's actually exactly you, right. You know Oh man, I had arguably my favorite tweet ever that I sent on Monday <laughs> night. Did you see it? No. Oh man, I was so excited about it, and like I realized that some millennials, younger millennials, didn't didn't it didn't hit with them, but it was (laughs) all it said was when Taysom Hill enters the game for Drew Brees, and it was just a picture of old Aunt Viv and new Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince. Oh, oh. Yeah, I felt so good about that tweet. That's good. Yeah, people people liked it, but man, I, I thought. When I, when I hit send, I'm like, oh my god, this is it. Oh, okay, this okay, no, no, okay. I'm just connecting the dots. So you're, yes, that makes sense because old Aunt Viv was much better. Yeah, old Aunt Viv was so much better than new Aunt Viv. Much better. I love that actress. Yeah. Yeah, she was so. Remember when she would like take her earrings out whenever she oh. wanted to get? Oh, it was the best. Loved her, and, and yeah, you're right. But uh, uh, Pat Doherty from Roto World had a great point last night. He said, basically, any. I think that he said any skill position player in the NFL could do what Taysom Hill is asked to do. <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably right. It's nothing special. I mean, it, you know, I know that I know that he is a superb athlete and he performed really well at the combine and posted unbelievable numbers. I, I understand all that. But what he's asked to do on a, on a weekly basis for the Saints offense, you know, what? Who? That's Joe Webb. Joe Webb could do that. It was hilarious when everyone was just trashing Taysom Hill, and then he had that receiving touchdown last night. <laughs> I know, I know. So good. Uh, next question says Texans. D- well, I'm I'm gonna go through these kind of quick. Texans D or the streamers? You got to go with the Texans. Texans are like the top play this week. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, Kyler or the streamers? Uh, I would not be playing Kyler against Baltimore. Okay. 
Would you agree? <sighs> Denny, don't get cute. It's uh, it is it is cute. It is it's too cute. It's too especially especially because Josh Allen and Carr are legit this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this next one says, "What's worse?" This is from at aj underscore artinger forty one. What's worse, the smell of taking a shit, sorry to the kids, or the smell of trying to mask that smell with an air freshener, which is borderline chemical warfare. <laughs> I think I think we should end on this and, and have a discussion about this because I tend to find the mixture of the two smells to often be worse than just the smell itself. Really? I do. I do maybe maybe it's because it's my own brand, but <laughs> but so it doesn't affect me as much. Maybe, maybe if it was someone else's, I would. I, I should take that back. I can because when you're when you're doing it yourself uh-huh. and it's your own, you uh-huh. just get used to that smell because it's just it permeates like as you know it's it's happening as you're sitting there. Yeah. Right. The smell. The smell's taking it, over your it, body right there. Yeah, it just yeah, it becomes your entire environment. Yeah. Right. So eventually, like if you were to be stuck in a bathroom that had your shit in it for the rest of your life you just that would just become your norm right (laughs) so so i so whenever i spray it's like all of a sudden my norm is just uh, again like like you mentioned it's like chemical warfare i mean it's my norm all of a sudden has these this 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 floating smell that the also the worst is when you spray and you accidentally like just walk right through it you know you know and then your whole face is just covered in the In the yeah, awful and, spray. And you, you inhale it. You inhale it. <laughs> right, right. So my, uh, yeah. So my wife uh, is, is so vehemently against air freshener that she, she will do the following. If I, if I use air freshener and I spray it like in the bathroom and then like a little bit outside the bathroom and she gets a whiff of it, she will go and open every window in the house as, as a, I think as a retaliation. For, for 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 spraying the spray, which is way over the top, but it lets me know that in, under no circumstances am I to spray the spray. So right, I the the message the message has been received. Also, one more thing about about air freshener. I have a family member I, whose name I will not uh, divulge here, who constantly talks trash about Febreze. Right. Okay. And said, so I, I don't know why you have it in your house. I would never use it. No one needs it. Every time this family member comes over, this family member ends up spraying Febreze as they are leaving the bathroom <laughs> because they because obviously they just blew it up. <laughs> and I'm like, now you now you like that Febreze, don't you? This uh, this really is a poop podcast. Oh God, this is. Hey, we can't get away from it. We can't get away from it. And I blame the listeners. Anyway, all right, Denny, that's gonna do it for this week's show. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter machine, and also I have my kicker plays up on the Patreon page. It's Joe Sly season. Many are saying, uh, and so be- become a patron. You get lots of stuff. I think I've posted like five things this week already. I don't even know. I, I'm not even kidding when I say this. The only reason why I vaguely know who kickers are is because I watch football and I watch every game of football, but I don't remember their names. I don't play in leagues with kickers anymore. It, well, you play in one. I do. I play in at least one. I do. Uh, I'm JJ Zachary. You can find me on Twitter at late round QB. All my work over on numberfire.com. My podcast, the late round podcast, four times a week, bite sized shows, very quick. Tomorrow's show is only like nine minutes long that I'm publishing. But nice. it's. It, it's just it just inject it, you know. Just let it just 
Just <laughs> listen to it while you're eating lunch. Just content for your brain. That's right. Uh, Denny, you have a tilt montage this week. I do. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I actually I listened to it and it was fantastic. So enjoy the tilt montage, everyone. Hopefully you don't tilt this weekend. Enjoy week two. It's uh, 1.12 p.m., the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the eastern time zone. And uh, Vernon Davis has just uh, hurdled three Eagles defenders for a long touchdown. I'm checking to see if Jordan Reed fantasy owners uh, get those points. I'm uh, not sure. Uh, at, at what point, it, my question is at what point uh, do we just concede that Vernon Davis is way, way better than Jordan Reed and is clearly the better option in Washington? I don't know. I am tilting. Hey, Dad, I heard you talking about I am tilting. You heard me talking about tilting? Yeah. I, I don't know what to say, Xavier. I'm, I'm embarrassed. It's filthy. Filthy? I, I don't... What what's happening? I have no idea what we're talking about right now. It's super dumb. All right, back to football. It's uh one eighteen p.m. and I uh, I'm looking forward very much uh, to the inevitable takes on Monday morning that will say something along the lines of Sammy Watkins is the, now the number one option in Kansas City and Tyreek Hill is the wide receiver too. Uh, I'm going to need those takes injected directly uh, into my eardrums. Thank you very much. Uh, 24 minutes into the NFL season, it appears that zero RB has been canceled. Sorry to report that everybody who built their teams based on the the theories of roster construction uh, on anti-fragility itself, uh, we, we were all wrong. Um, and I think that's clear. Dalvin Cook going crazy, Christian McCaffrey going nuts. Uh, no big name wide receiver uh, to be seen on the red zone channel. So, congratulations to the RB Truthers. I believe you have claimed victory in the year of our Lord 2019. Apologies for getting religious, but again, just to repeat: zero RB uh, has been canceled. Thank you. 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It appears Lamar Jackson does not have a single rushing attempt, so the whole thing about him being the Konami Code King was apparently incorrect, and he is clearly droppable in all formats. I'm tilting. It's 1.31 Eastern Time, and it's fall season! And Foles is hurt, so fall season is over. It was a good and fun run. For this fall season, we'll try it again in 2020. It's uh, 3.13 in the Eastern Time Zone, and I uh, just complained to Yahoo about my fantasy scores not updating and my players not accumulating points. Um, Yahoo, Someone at Yahoo took this uh, complaint seriously and decided to respond to my tweet with an earnest post saying, what device, operating system, and app version are you using? Uh, this was an irresistible opportunity, of course, to 
quote retweet this with, I'm using the one where Julio Jones only has 4.8 fantasy points at the half. I feel bad about doing this because the customer support person at Yahoo was clearly trying to help me. Oh, there's Deshaun Jackson for his second touchdown of the day. Really happy that I had almost zero exposure to him in DFS. Really good choice on my part anyway. Um, I, 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 it was, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist it. I feel badly because now this person whose initials are AH according to the way that they signed the reply tweet, AH is now being humiliated online. And I, I, there's an overwhelming sense of guilt that has washed over me over the past 15 minutes. I'm tilting. It's 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'd like to go back to something I said earlier about Sammy Watkins becoming the wide receiver one in Kansas City. Obviously, this has this has happened. It's come to pass. Terry Kill uh, could miss a, a significant amount of the season. So Sammy Watkins is set up for 150-ish targets in the most explosive offense in the league's history. Congratulations on those who drafted Sammy Watkins who is now a, a easily a top 10 fantasy wide receiver and probably closer to top 5 if uh you know if he can play 16 games so that is that another enormous a body blow to zero rb Tyreek Hill done Sammy Watkins who you could get in like the 6th or 7th round now maybe the most valuable receiver in all of fantasy I'm tilting. I, of course, now realize uh, that using the term body blow to describe anything uh, involving Tyree Kill is probably in bad taste, and uh, while I'm not going to record over that part, I'd like to apologize for not being mm, very sensitive on that point. Again, I'm tilting. Uh, 3.40 p.m., and it appears that Garner Minshew is going to be a living the stream thing in 2019 Minshew in kind of catch-up mode now 17 for 18 215 yards and a touchdown uh, many are saying that's not bad and I think with the Jaguars kind of up pace pass heavy-ish approach it could be fun I'm trying to of course make myself feel better about losing Nick Foles on several Superflex teams and coming to grips with the fact that I'm going to have to put 1,000% of my fab budget on someone named Gardner Minchu Third. Apparently there's been a quote-unquote power outage in the Jaguars-Chiefs game. This is, of course, the Minshew haters uh, cutting off public access to seeing a generational talent like Minshew, whose name I think I am pronouncing correctly, uh, he was excelling. Uh, obviously, the the world can't see this, uh, can't be shown the glory of Minshew and his stash and his mustache, which is pretty nice, pretty cool, cool little uh, Fu Manchu going on. Uh, looks like he, uh, he might smoke a pack of uh, Marlboros after the game. 
but uh, yeah, so they, they cut it off. The powers of B have cut off access to Minshew. I repeat, cut off access to Minshew, either that or uh, aliens have landed on the field in Jacksonville. I will uh, report more when I, when I know more. 4.12 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, Baker Mayfield is absolutely uh, shitting the bed or uh, defecating in the bed, I should say. I apologize to the kids. I, I have to admit something, and this is, this is just between you and me, so don't, don't tell anybody, please. Um, I, I take pleasure uh, in Baker Mayfield's um, failure um, because <clears throat> he seems to me um, to be a, a cocky jerk, and it's always fun when the cocky jerk loses. I mean, like, every sports movie is based on the overconfident jerk-off uh, losing the, the championship game. You know, after dominating, after being great, after getting all the accolades. And so you like, we like to see it. You love to see it. I personally enjoy when, when athletes like Baker Mayfield fall on their face. I like it. I take great pleasure in it. On the other hand, you have Lamar Jackson, who seems like a really down-to-earth, humble guy. He comes out today and he, he nukes the world and just kind of walks off the field, you know, doesn't gloat, doesn't do any sort of insane celebration like Baker Mayfield does want to do. He just does it and walks off. And so I just, today is a, today is a win for the good guys. Uh, because Baker Mayfield uh, failed, and honestly, I'm I'm hoping for more of the same. I I am a 100% Baker Mayfield hater, and I have been uh, for a while. Uh, you know, and I think I've kind of kept it under wraps. If you follow me closely on Twitter, I think maybe you knew, you had an idea that I really just really wasn't into Mayfield as an athlete or a person. And I'm sure you're going to send me some sort of you know, local newspaper article about Baker Mayfield uh, giving $10,000 to a local charity or, like, taking kids to get ice cream or something and say, well, no, no, he's actually good. You know, and I don't, that, I don't, that doesn't matter to me. That's, that doesn't say anything. Lots of guys support causes and give money toward good causes or whatever. I, anyway, I'm loving this. I, I love that uh, Mayfield fell flat today. Uh, it's one thing that doesn't make me tilt. 4.51 p.m., of course, I now hear that Baker Mayfield was taken into his locker room to take x-rays and may have a some sort of arm injury, making me a huge jerk for cheering, cheering on his demise. My social media team will issue an apology momentarily. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams.